and this episode, I talk with Amber Schneider. She works as the program coordinator in the Center for Volunteerism and Social Action at the University of Idaho. Welcome to episode seven of Five Questions, a show where we interview activists and advocates about the work they do and why they do it. Where do you come from? Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. My name is Amber Schneider. I use she, her, and hers pronouns. And um, I am 27 years old. I live in Moscow, Idaho currently and work as the program coordinator for the Center for Volunteerism and Social Action at the University of Idaho. And I recently came into my role is about a year and a half ago. So I still I still feel pretty fresh, uh, <laughs> um, pretty fresh to the role, pretty new to Idaho as well. Um, this is my first time kind of being in the state. I came from Wisconsin. I had grown up there, lived there my whole life and decided I needed a little bit of a change and came out West and have been loving it ever since. Um, I been in, like I said, this role for a year and a half now is my first um, kind of professional role outside of graduate school, um, which I went for went to school for in student affairs. And so I knew that I wanted to go into higher education, working in higher ed, working with college students. And I've, I've pretty much fallen into my dream role, I would say, right out of grad school. I feel pretty blessed to be in this position and work with the students that I do in the, and the work, um, that I get to focus on. So professionally, this is definitely the path that I, that I, had intended for myself. And, um, I've had a lot of, a lot of support and help getting here. Um, so shout out to the community, um, that's driven me and supported me on my way out here. Um, as a person, like I said, I'm 27 years old, um, new to Idaho. I love the outdoors, um, which has been so special to me to be in this space. And I love people. I, love biking. Um, a few years ago, I biked across the country, uh, fun fact about me, um, with a group of 34 other people. So um, definitely always oriented towards community and what that means um, in different spaces, which is kind of how I ended up in this professional realm. Um, I love community, engaging people and making them feel supported and uplifted. In your role as the program coordinator, what do you do? So as the program coordinator, um, I work with eight students. Um, so I work with eight undergraduate students um, who working in kind of different capacities in the center. Um, they're all coming from different backgrounds in majors, minors, um, different interest fields. Um, I've got a lot of international students or excuse me, international studies uh, students, um, some Parks and recreation folks, um, some people coming from environmental science and a couple other areas kind of thrown in there, but really a wide variety of student interests and, um, and kind of assets they're coming with and passions. The eight students that I supervise are kind of broken up into three different categories. So I oversee these three teams, one of which is the um, social action team. So this is my team that really focuses a lot on 
civic engagement. So what does it mean to be civically engaged, politically engaged, um, just in touch with your community in general? And within that, that also means social justice work. So that's a lot of identity development, digging into um, who we are as people and how we're working with each other at the university and entities outside of the university. Um, we have a really cool program called Campus Conversations where we focus on hot topic issues and typically pretty um, politically driven issues where people can't necessarily talk about them if they're maybe across the political field. So potentially Republican, Democrat, um, we try to get those folks in the same room and teach them how to have civil conversations around political discussions. My next team that I oversee is the local service team. And so those are my students who really focus on local community building. So that's local volunteer service. Uh, that's our Vandal Food Pantry. So focusing on food security at the University of Idaho, um, in addition to large days of service where we're, where we're getting, you know, a couple hundred students together to volunteer at 50 plus agencies in one day. Um, and then my final group of students is the alternative service break crew and alt break is a pretty popular term in the higher ed world, but it's basically volunteer service with a travel aspect. So we go anywhere within um, five hours, um, which we do weekend alt breaks to global alternative service breaks where we do those over winter break. And they're about two weeks long. Um, this year, we're actually taking a trip to um, Noche Togo, which is in Africa. And we're also going to San Juan, Puerto Rico. And so I work with those three groups of students, um, and they do a really amazing compilation of work out of the center. Um, I really try to infuse this togetherness within the students, um, wanting each area to kind of work with each other, because we know that um, we have food insecurity at the University of Idaho. Um, we might want students to not only understand that we have that in our community and what we can do to help alleviate that um, and support those students who are experiencing food insecurity, but also understand that that's happening globally, you know, so we might focus an alternative service break on that topic and then go um, somewhere outside of maybe our direct region. So actually last year we had an alternative service break that was um, housed in Seattle, Washington, um, that focused on food insecurity. And so I really, really try to have the students work together on their projects um, and to encourage them to bring in their, their passions and their interests. The work that they do is not only up to me. Uh, it's totally up to them. So they're constantly designing what we're doing, when we're doing it, how we're doing it. Um, of course, we have our staple programs in the office and um, and kind of what we work on with University of Idaho students consistently over years. Um, however, we have new stuff all the time. Um, we actually just had for, as we're speaking about food insecurity, we had a new program called the Mobile Food Pantry, which is in partnership with the Idaho Food Bank, where as a Vandal Food Pantry, we're not able to provide perishable food for students, which we know is really tough for their nutrition base, right? Because typically shelf-safe food is high in sodium. It's not as healthy. Um, you're not necessarily getting all of the food groups that you need, um, especially dairy. Uh, that's definitely one that we're lacking um, in the in the Vandal Food Pantries and what we're able to provide. So through this new partnership um, that my Vandal Food Pantry coordinator worked with me in the Idaho Food Bank on um, is now we're able to provide perishable food to students. And um, we've had two of those mobile pantries on campus. Um, and our last one, 
served about 194 folks. And so it's pretty amazing what community can do when it comes together to support each other. Um, and we're really just looking to increase that support. So we want to make that program a more consistent program and we want to make it month or excuse me, twice month monthly. Um, and, um, we want to show the community what working together can, can be like. And, and once we identify a goal or excuse me, a need, what we can do to solve that need. And so we work on a variety of projects in the office, but we're always open to different suggestions from different students, staff, and faculty. I'm constantly approached by um, different groups who come in and say, hey, this is what we want to do. This is an idea. And, um, you know, having the privilege of, of financial resources and um, student staff support, um, knowledge of, of how to work within a university system, we're able to, to make that stuff happen. Um, most of the time, I'd say I, I had a group of students approach me um, about a project they want to do. And so I've gotten them in touch with my student staff, and we're looking to to kind of work on it right away when we get back um, from winter break. So, I mean, really, we're here to help mobilize support that we can show for our community. So whether that's in food insecurity, whether that's social justice education, or whether that's um, citizenship um, through civic engagement or through global understanding and cultural empathy, um, we this work is really, really important. It's just exciting that it is so fun too. On these alternative service breaks, what are the kind of opportunities that students are connected with and how do they get it, get to engage with the communities that they're going to? Yeah. So it's quite, I would say it's not necessarily a complicated process, but it's a long process. Um, it's rooted in relationship development. Um, we really want to make sure we're providing equitable service experiences to our students. And so we work with an organization called Breakaway, which is a natural or excuse me, a national organization that oversees alternative service breaks and basically provides best practices, resources, support, anything that might be questionable on a service break. They kind of approach that and say, hey, universities across the U.S., this is something that we're changing. We're not going to do this anymore, or this is a really great theory or way to approach an alt break. So um, like I said, we're rooted in relationship building. That's something that we strive to do and something that Breakaway certainly encourages. Um, we want to make partnerships with the nonprofit organizations that we're partnering with uh, because we, we're not just, it's not just a one and done type of relationship. The goal of these is for students to be able to go to a place, learn about a nonprofit organization and NGO a community agency, the work that they're doing for that community, the sustainable work that they're doing, um, and then challenge the students' kind of perceptions of what that social justice issue is um, and how it's being solved in different types of communities, and then to come back and and work towards that solution or maybe a similar need in their own community. And so it's aspire, it's inspiring students to become leaders of social justice movements in their home spaces, whether that's, you know, Moscow, Idaho, their college town, or potentially their hometown or places that they move in the future. And we want them to have a perspective that they didn't have before and to potentially think about communities that they had no idea about or they were thinking wrongly about beforehand. So some examples of this were, like I mentioned, we had a trip that went to Seattle last spring break, and we worked with them on food insecurity and homelessness and what housing security can look like in an urban space. Um, a lot of our students who went on the trip had never been to a large city before, which might sound 
you know, sort of surprising for folks who don't live in Idaho. But for you, um, who, who lives in Idaho, maybe it doesn't sound as, as wild. Um, but many of our students either don't go out of the state or don't experience urban, you know, um, experiences or trips. Um, and so it's just a whole nother level of kind of understanding intersectionality of, okay, what does an urban space mean for homelessness, um, and food insecurity? Um, and how is that different from maybe our more rural space in Moscow, Idaho? Um, what do community resources look like? What does community support look like? And how can that make a difference? So we have students kind of question those pieces all along the way. And we do a lot of pre-trip education, meet with the community partners, understand why they're doing what they do, and then how we can kind of come in, work alongside them, and help fulfill and complement the solutions that they're doing. Not necessarily fulfill the solution, but work alongside them to work towards the solution. And so um, we've got a couple staple experiences. And I would say one of the most influential ones that we have for students is um, a spring break trip that we have that goes to the North Idaho Correctional Institute. Um, this has certainly been one where students come back and they say, I'm going to change my major, major to education and I want to work within the prison system. Um, and it's just incredible to hear students who have likely never worked on the inside of a prison before um, or worked with inmates in that space and hear their stories and just learn from them. Um, the students who go on that service break work with the principal of the institution, um, which when you think of, you know, typical hierarchical rule within an agency, that's pretty much the person in charge of kind of what's happening, the schedule, the education, <laughs> the meals, all of that. Um, and so we work with the principal to get our students in to learn from the the inmates, their stories, and we do different types of education with them. So the prison is always looking for help with education. So they kind of tap into the student's skills, what they're learning. Um, last year, we had a business student who put together a six-day entrepreneur course for the inmates. And it, I was told that it was one of the coolest most highly anticipated programs that the inmates had had um, been invested in and requested, um, which was really cool to hear. And that student also came back and, you know, really reconsidered the work that they're doing in the business field and how they're going to alter programs that they're doing so that they can more readily incorporate folks who have just been um, kind of released from prison. And so um, to help with recidivism rates, um, we talked a lot about that and what education does to reduce recidivism or, you know, folks who have been in prison going back to prison. So, I mean, they're big, big social justice concepts that we talk about, but we kind of bring it to, down to a level where there's a personal connection for a student to experience, you know, this either social justice topic firsthand or learn from people who are experiencing hardship firsthand and it changes them. And that's what this program is created for is we want to create leaders in these fields who are thinking about these things because we know that once these students graduate from college, they're going to go into places that they'll likely have power and influence, um, whether it's through their job, their community. We, we want them to be thinking about these communities. It's great to hear how these programs really are changing people's perspectives. Can you tell me a little bit about why you do this work? Oh, sure. <laughs> so I do this work because I think I've always been drawn to community, like I said, and people. My mom has been one of my biggest influencers and mentors. Um, she is someone who's always been really involved in her community um, and 
really prioritize supporting others. I think when I was younger, I was, I tried to do a lot of that as well. I was really involved in volunteering and service and, you know, involved in um, different communities that I had in my life, wanting to help other people, helping at local meals, clothing shelter, things like that. But when I got to college and when I went to grad school, I really realized kind of the underlying pieces at play and the systems at play, um, which were kind of that identities piece you really asked about in the beginning, Mike, and then how privilege and oppression really play into different identities and how they're treated, how they show up, um, how they're represented and how it influences someone's life. And so when I found out about those systems. And when I started really thinking into like deep diving into my, my own self, my own identities and how those show up in my life, I realized that a lot of the service that I was doing was, was just surface level. Hey, this makes me feel good. Um, I've always been doing it. So I'm doing it still. I'm not questioning it. And I really kind of went into it with less of a, I'm trying to solve a systematic issue or like help to, to work on that solution. I went into it with a, I'm going to bandaid this and I'm going to make someone's day. Um, and then I realized when I started thinking about those systems that I wasn't doing it the right way and I wasn't doing it in an equitable way. And I want to do the work that I'm doing and I'm in the role that I am in because I want to help students question how they're interacting with their communities, wherever they are, you know, whether that's someone who's not even volunteering or interacting with their community at the moment, like I want to get them out there. I want them to know who their potential friends and family can be or folks who they could see at a local coffee shop or on the street, you know, um, I want to connect them and I want to make them feel like they're at home here. In addition, I want to get them to that deeper level where they're questioning, okay, I might serve at the Hope Center in town and I might go there once a month and do clothing sorting or work at the cash register. But why does that nonprofit actually exist? Um, why do people need assistance from a place of addiction to, you know, settle, be, being able to secure a professional job? And so I want, I want them to be able to question that and I want them to be able to have conversations about that. I also, a goal of mine is I really want people to be able to do that deep dive like I did and and dive into their identities and get to know themselves and figure out how their identities influence the community that they're in, the people they're around and the power that they have um, and use that power and harness that for good. Can you talk to us about some of the difficulties you encounter in this work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you've heard it before from folks you've had on the podcast, but burnout is definitely, definitely um, an adverse effect of this work. Um, I think folks who enter community work and um, the nonprofit world doing social justice work um, really experience a lot of emotional toll. And that's just because you're putting so much of your energy and putting a lot of your personal identity, maybe on the line or using it for education, sharing a lot of yourself um, and not always getting that back. Um, I also think that um, it can be difficult when folks don't understand maybe the harm that they're doing. So I kind of um, talked about this a little bit earlier, but service isn't always good. Um, and that is really, if you, if you come across, um, service that can be harmful for communities or, or toxic, it's really hard to convince folks that that might need to look different because oftentimes they think they're doing the right thing and it's out of goodwill and it's out of care. Um, but that can be really difficult as well. 
Um, I also think time is, is a concern too, you know, like there's so much to do and we live in such a complex world, um, with so much going on that I could always use more time. Um, and so I think those are a few things that I am challenged with, um, and, and that I've seen come up in the field, but it's, there's so much reward in it, um, that I feel like it definitely offsets it for me. Well, we could definitely use more time for this interview, but we are out of questions and out of time. So thank you, Amber, for being on this episode of Five Questions. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk with me. Thank you, Mike. That's it for today's episode. You can find me on Twitter at MikeyBivs and tweet about the show using hashtag five questions. If you have a particular cause or activist that you would like to hear from, let me know and I can try to set something up. 